I'm back. I'm recording. This is actually just like a few hours after I recorded the other one from last week, but power of scheduling. I'm going to try to record six more of these. I'll post them three at a time each week just to try to build up the bank of content. I wrote more on the psychology of money and how it relates to fitness for this series of the psychology of fitness. Just for reference, I was walking on the treadmill while trying to fill in these different... I basically have this spreadsheet with the chapter titles from The Psychology of Money, going through them, and then was just writing in the spreadsheet for about like 40 minutes while on the treadmill. I'm building out, continuing to build out the garage gym. I'm saying build out, but it's just like buying stuff and putting it in there. I'm not like actually doing anything that takes much effort. What do I have in there? Rack, like a squat rack or a cage, power cage, barbell, some kettlebells. And then I have a treadmill with a standing desk. It's it's one of those like husky desks that you see on like slick deals every once in a while. And then also just recently got a Peloton. I got it yesterday, but I guess when I post this, it'll be like a week ago. Uh, so hopefully I've been doing like multiple rides. Anyway, I'll just get to it. I won't. Number four, five, and six. Last week, check out that episode. I did one, two, three, no one's crazy, luck and risk, and never enough. And today I'm doing four, five, and six, confounding, compounding, getting wealthy versus staying wealthy, and then tails you win. So number four, confounding, compounding from the psychology of money. 81.5 billion of Warren Buffett's 84.5 billion net worth came after his 65th birthday. Our minds are not built to handle such absurdities. Heading into his 65th birthday, he had, say, if I do the math right here, $3 million and then got $81.5 billion after, as it compounded over the years after his 65th birthday. Not one year after that, but it was just $3 billion and then compounds, compounds. Here's what I wrote for fitness. I will see if this connects. So I wish I built muscle when I was younger. This is just taking that idea of compounding. And when you're younger, say, again, like college, early 20s, you can build muscle more efficiently. Just physically, as I understand it, I don't have the studies to refer to, but you are able to you build muscle. You can recover better as well. And then just lifestyle-wise, you have more time when you're younger, more control over your time. And not to say like I'm completely out, like my, I don't have time in my control right now. But So that'll be a future one about me making excuses. But for right now, this is about compounding. So if you build that muscle early, then it is that idea that your metabolism goes up. So that muscle then is able to burn more calories per day. It's not a ton, not not as crazy as it sounds. It's something like, is it 10 calories more per day or yeah, per day per pound of muscle. So if you're, you were able to put 10 pounds on, then that's another 100 calories every day. But that's for the rest of your life. Uh, as long as you're doing what it takes to maintain the muscle, much easier to maintain it once you have it than to build it in the first place. So that 100 calories over the course of your life, I would guess, adds up. And then another way to think about compounding with fitness is that you probably see this in Instagram quotes or things like that, that 
you want to be 1% better every day, which is incredible. It does add up. So over the course of a year, 1% each day ends up being 37x. And that's like quite a bit. And if you do the math on that, so if you're bench pressing 10 pounds, you'll be able to bench press 3,700 pounds by the end of the year if you're improving 1% every day. It's more like, of course, that's impossible. But it does go to show like small changes over time, they'll compound like very quickly. And even if you do something like 0.1% every day, that's good. So figuring out the way to just do have like continual small improvements every day, every week, that's the important thing because we kind of default to things compound negatively too. So that's another thing. Uh, continuous, like not negative. Uh, what's the opposite of improvements? Why can't I think of this? I feel like I'm on a game show now. Anyway, so if you, you go like in the negative direction, 0.1% every day, 1% every day, that's really not good. And that's how like health can slip very fast, like over the, the course of a year. Let's see. Okay. So I'll move on to the next one. Number five getting wealthy versus staying wealthy. So from the psychology of money, good investing is not necessarily about making good decisions. It's about consistently not screwing up. I'll give this, so that's the end of the book quote. Spoiler, at the end of the book, like I'll, I'll do this later, but um, go into depth later. But Morgan Housel talks about his own approach to finance. And guess what? It ends up being like pretty similar to <laughs> what you might think it is. Just do index funds over the long haul is his what he does and suggests is a pretty reasonable approach for many people. But he does have some unconventional things like he paid off his mortgage, just decided that was better psychologically for himself. But that's number 20. So we're still on number five, just don't screw it up. And this is the idea that staying wealthy is boring. There's not that much excitement in it. There's nothing that's hitting the dopamine when you're just like putting your money somewhere and not touching it. And sometimes that's how it is also with fitness that the steps toward a fitness goal can be boring. One of the more effective things is to make sure that you're eating a pretty regular diet and not changing it up every day. There's definitely benefit to finding meals that fit, say like your macros, whatever your meal plan, whatever you've decided for your is good for your plan. But so you, you do want to find things you enjoy eating, but to think that you're going to be able to do like a new meal every day to keep things exciting over the long haul and have it be healthy, that's pretty rough. And I think that can be an advantage if you actually are like financially wealthy and can afford a chef, a personal chef to do something like that. Otherwise, it just like takes a lot of time, a lot of thinking. This is why like meal prep is effective. It's boring. It means that you're going to have the same meal multiple days that week. Then on the fitness side, there's also this idea of, this is like the quote that I liked, you can do the same thing every day as long as you don't do the same thing every day. So it's going to be like a lot of pro programs will be somewhat boring. You're going to repeat the movements over a few weeks. You just continue to challenge yourself in different ways with you know progressive overload, changing the weights, finding ways to change it up so that you can continue to progress. And this is where I liked CrossFit. And the times that I did it is that you can trust someone else programming it. It keeps it exciting, but then the general, like the higher level principles apply and you are in a way like doing the same, I guess like using the same principles week to week, but the movements are changing and it keeps things interesting. Then there's this whole thing with like program hopping. That's where you're like 
you're not switching. You're switching too much up. You're switching up like some principles for some other principles, some guidance for some other guidance and start to mix things up and they don't fit together. So program hopping keeps things interesting, but it's something I'm very guilty of, but it can also be a sign that you're not tracking properly or really like giving the programs your best effort and seeing the results. Yeah. Just boring is sometimes the most effective way. I think if you want to make fitness more fun, find a sport that you can play regularly. That is something I'm trying to do. I've been playing uh, pickleball. I want to try to work basketball back into my life, but we'll see. Right now, pickleball <laughs> is it. And the great thing about it, I'm talking about fitness. So like, you don't have to be fit at all. We continue to just get destroyed over and over. Me and my friend that I play with regularly. Let's see. Okay. So not that we're like the most fit, but yeah. We're Anyway, so number six here, tales you win from the psychology of money. You can be wrong half the time and still make a fortune. And then it starts with this quote from uh, Brad Pitt. He says, I've been banging away at this thing for 30 years. I think the simple math is some projects work, some don't. There's no reason to belabor either one. Just get on to the next. That's Brad Pitt. Great body, had excellent in in terms of fitness. Shout out to him for this book quote. Anyway, generally, your income grows as you get older. And yes, your money earlier in life will have more time to compound, but you probably end up making some bad decisions. Let's say you're living in New York and your friends are going out. You want to join also. Maybe that $10 or let's call it like you'll spend 50 to to $100 that night going out for drinks, whatever it is. Over time, what does that, maybe that would have been $1,000 or $10,000 40, 50 years later. But you won't have that opportunity to be young again. So there are just trade-offs and you might have the same thinking. I was talking earlier about build the muscle, be healthy in college and in your early 20s, but it comes back to that phrase, youth is wasted on the young. And the idea I have here is that wherever you're at, don't beat yourself up. You can still get to a reasonable level of fitness. The journey might be longer for you, but you can't really like change, not like change. You just can't change the past. It's never too late to start. Maybe you've tried some things they don't work. Uh, Maybe you've tried some things they worked and then you switched and then tried some other thing that didn't work. Um, the whole thing here is keep going. Once you, it's worth continuing. Like I was just talking about how important it is to find dishes that you like that are healthy, that fit your plan. And I think that's a really important thing. And in the same way, also find, I think it's also really important to find movement that you like doing because it is the cliche of this isn't a diet, this isn't a short-term thing, this is a lifestyle change that you're trying to make. Take to take the time to find things you love doing, food you love eating that works for whatever plan it is that you have in mind for the goals you have in mind. All right, that's that seems like a pretty concise episode, so I feel like rambling on and on instead of saying thanks for listening. <laughs>